Well, good day and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, a senior editor at Light Reading. Hi, it's Jason Briggs and I'm president of RDK Management. All right. Hey, Jason, glad to have you and uh, have an opportunity to get caught up on all things RDK. I think it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. Really, really excited to be here. Yeah. So, you know, let's uh, maybe just kind of get people caught up on RDK, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I think not long ago, I think you had an update on on some stats out there with respect to Mm -hmm. uh, devices and and service providers and, and chip makers in there, but um, uh, we want to get into that, but maybe uh, what's kind of the, excuse me, the high level for people who don't know what RDK is. Yeah. (laughs) The RDK. People who are listening will know, but just in case. Yeah. The RDK 101, if you will. So we're, we're an open source software platform uh, for service providers and, and we essentially help uh, big operators, service providers, technology companies, drive their future growth and innovation. Uh, We reside on uh, CPE devices and we standardize uh, core functions of the CPE, both uh, video and broadband. So in video, for instance, we commonize, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, standard elements of the video set-top box, um, such as tuning stacks and and things along those lines. Uh, On broadband devices, we commonize things like a Wi-Fi stack and and common functions on the broadband uh, gateways. And we also do the same for um, IP connected cameras um, as well. So, uh, so we call them three three key profiles. And you know the key to, the key that really ties all of this together is um, and the key to our growing adoption is the fact that we provide a common way to manage all of these devices, a common way to provision the devices to get the data off of those devices, so that if you think yourself as a as a integrated service provider providing a lot of different services, it gives you a very, uh, a much more uh, easy and stable way to get access to those devices and, and the data that they provide. Um, and, you know, best of all, you know, uh, RDK is, is free. It's an open source uh, program. Um, you know, we you know, probably talk a little bit about the, the numbers we recently announced uh, that our device deployments um, exceeded 100 million this year. Which is uh, up from 80 million last year, which is fantastic. Um, it's deployed uh, all over the world uh, in dozens of uh, service providers in North America, Europe, Latin America, and Asia. Um, and then I think the other thing we're we're particularly proud of is is the community. So we have over 600 uh, technology companies uh, involved in the RDK community, and that was up from 500 uh, last year. Um, and these companies span anything anywhere from um, service providers and operators to CE manufacturers to silicon and SOC companies, uh, software developers, um, systems integrators, and, and and so forth. So a whole, it really is a, a span of a, a number of different uh, technology companies out there. Right, right. And you talked about the uh, the device adoption or the number of devices that uh, have been deployed with RDK and uh, some growth there. Obviously, any feel yet or feel on what is kind of driving the growth right now? Is it mostly on the broadband side or is it video? Is it a mix or, you know, you're seeing IOT on, on the camera side, you know, kind of driving something in there. You know, yeah. I mean, you guys break it down, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't break down IOT, but I would say that video has been kind of our first product and that's been going mm-hmm. along with us. We, 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 we started with video and that's continued to grow um, over time as more and more providers um, started to use it. 
Um, broadband has has really exploded uh, for us the last several years. It's it's been a very popular um, uh, popular profile, uh, popular all over over the world for for probably a number of reasons we'll get into in a bit. But um, it's it's growing quite a bit uh, on on those. So we've got I think great volume on both sides of of those. And uh, you know, it's a camera is is still emerging. It's a rel- relatively new profile, but we're starting to see. Um, now even uh, quite a bit of interest in, in the camera po- profile, not only from operators, but, you know, even, um, you know, other ways you could, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can use a camera profile. It doesn't have to just be um, an operator, let's say security system. It could be businesses and things like that. And it's really up to the tech companies to use the stack any way they want to use it. And, you know, for us, you know, we, we um, are, are really just pleased by the use of the stack and the volume and the more people that use it, obviously it, it creates a better community of people that could contribute back to it and make it better for everyone. Okay. And we're talking um, a few weeks after, uh, yes, I was at IBC. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, um, uh, you have your, your summit kind of held, is it held kind of in, not in tandem, but at least timing wise in conjunction with, right. Yeah. Just at the tail end. Tail end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously, um, I wasn't there, but <laughs> you know, if you ever want to invite me, I'll be happy to come. But uh, uh, since I wasn't there, what what were the uh, the big takeaways um, from the summit, the last one? Right? I don't know if I mean, is it about roadmaps? Is it about you know adoption interest and and how to address that? Uh, you know, kind of what what were the the big things that you can talk about that uh, came out of that? Yeah, I think I think. Um... You know, in general, our, our challenge is we, we, we have broadband topics and video topics, and you probably get different audience members and interest groups based on that. So we, we try to balance mm-hmm. um, kind of innovation that's going on both sides of it. Um, I, I would say, number one, this is this was our first global summit in person since since COVID. Um, it's right. kept getting, you know, like every other conference, kept getting bumped back. And, you know, during COVID, we, we actually operated quite well because we're a very distributed, um, you know, community all over the world where people can communicate. And we thought, well, everything's going great that way. But I, I think I realized all the, you know, kind of the, the importance of getting back together again. And so, you know, the, the enthusiasm, um, you know, the people that haven't seen each other in years, um, it was really kind of that, that kind of it, maybe it's an intangible, but it was really. Um, it, it kind of it kind of gave a, a great warm feeling where where we could actually kind of interact again. We we definitely shattered our numbers record there. I think we had um, uh, over 600 both online and in person, mainly in person there, which was um, you know for us it was a all time all time record, which was great. Um, and then you know like I said, we we had a variety of topics on on video and broadband. I think the, on the on the video side, the the highlight for me. Is, um, is is we have a, an application development language that, that we promote called Lightning, and it's a way to develop um, high-performant applications on low-power devices. So if you think that most applications are developed for PCs and phones with almost unlimited resources, if you look in the set-top box world, you, you, you just don't have that that level of, of performance and, and RAM and processing power. So um, so based on a community innovation, uh, we've been pushing this language lightning uh, for the last uh, year and a half to two years. And at, at, at this event, we actually had a, a major uh, streaming company. In this case, it was Peacock Sky Showtime that talked about their movement from HTML5 to lightning. 
and all of the performance gains and customer experience gains that they sought through that process. So that for me was a really step forward. In the past, we were talking about really why you should do Lightning and and how you know how important it was, but now we're actually starting to see proof points around it, which is great. Is yeah. Now is Lightning just make sure I understand too. So is it a uh, kind of an additive component? You know, to, to RDK, it's not like a requisite, right? Or how, how would you describe no. the relationship there? Yeah. No, it's. I think the best way to pr- it's it's not a requisite. It's an additive component. And it's, it's probably, a, it's a testament to the way we run the community. It's kind of by operators for operators. So if you're going to run an, you know, any sort of service provider, you're going to have set-top boxes and you're going to have set, and so on set-top boxes, what's the best way that you can deliver applications, user interfaces to your customers in a more, in a more efficient manner? So that was really just an innovation to the community to say, look, you know, um, your, your typical operator, again, doesn't deploy, you know, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars super set top boxes or, or or PCs for that matter. They just don't have, you know, they, they right. want to they make this as efficient as possible. So it was it was a great example of how someone in the community innovated a way to develop a very lean, uh, high powered application language to give you kind of the same performance you would see, you know, on your MacBook um, on an application or your iPhone on an application. You could actually see it on your on your set top box. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And. And then um, kind of coming out of that event then, right, you got some pretty good feedback uh, on the video, the broadband side, et cetera. Um, you know, as you look at 2023 then, um, uh, what, what are the main priorities uh, yeah. for you and, and RDK? Is it uh, about expanding adoption, uh, you know, other ways to kind of branch off into is different applications kind of uh, – maybe fit into the fold of, of RDK and so forth? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, the, the quick answer is yes. It's about, uh, it's about really expanding the scale and the adoption of the platform that that'll always be our, our theme every year, but it's really the, the subtext question is really how, so what are you, what are you going to do this year? That's different last year. And, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do to improve it? And so I think for 2023 and even beyond we're, we're taking a look at RDK not only from an open source perspective, which if you think, I, I always describe the open source perspective as, um, you think of it as Lego blocks. We, we issue Lego blocks, we give you instructions, this is how you assemble it. You can assemble it any way you want, it's up to you. Um, here's how we'd recommend to assembling it and putting it on a, on a box and shipping it to the, to the customer. And for a number of operators, that actually works quite well. They like to get their, we'll call it, get their hands dirty and actually really get into the assembly and, and make things better at, at a very mic, you know, kind of subatomic level, if you will. Uh, but there's also other operators that say, look, could could you just assemble it for me and and bring it together? And so with that, we're calling, it's kind of an approach we're taking in addition to the open source approach is what we call platform approach. So how do we, re, how do we assemble these blocks? And then not only assemble the, the RDK blocks itself, but you know, for instance, you're going to have services and applications and things that will integrate to it. Can you help do this integration? Can you help do the integration to the silicon layer and make that one package so it's very, very easy to use? And so really that comes into, you know, operators and their various stage of needs. Some, some people, some operators like to, again, like to really get into the assembly of these and the, of the code base, but others just want to make it easy. And so um, this is really kind of leaning back to the make it easy concept of this. And 
and our, our proof point right now, we've, we've been working on this probably for the last year, year and a half, and we're now starting to talk about it a little bit more since it's a, a bit mature. But the, the proof point I have is um, an operator in India <clears throat> called BCN, and they've made a, a, a large number of um, kind of announcements and news about going RDK, and they're very, very proud of it. But uh, they, they're, they're supposed to launch, um, I, I think, sometime this year. They're, they're talking about it quite a bit. You could check what they have on the, um, you know, on the on their uh, press announcements. But it's, you know, essentially it, that for us, it's a proof point of going to this platform state makes it easy for easier for them to deploy. And it's also very interesting for us as it's, it's a very low cost, you know, it's a low cost market when you're going into India, you can't go into these high, high, you know, dollar value CPE devices. And so it's right. a very low cost device that they're going into marketplace with. So again, it's, it's a great testament to the kind of the, the movement of us to the, to a, more of a platform state for RDK. Okay. Well, yeah, it just feels like uh, uh, platforms are, are kind of what everyone talks about, <laughs> you know, it's, anymore, right? It's, it's uh, yeah, um, versus like, kind of like uh, like a one-off thing. Yeah, they got to have something that's uh, kind of underpins a lot of things. And, uh, you know, one area I wanted to ask you about too was kind of like looking at the history of RDK Right. Um, you know, you'd mentioned started out with video. So, you know, we talked about RDKV. We've talked about RDKB, you know, kind of exploding or going along with the broadband explosion that happened. You talk about connected cameras, right? Is And that's really one element of kind of the I, one element of a maybe a broader IoT arena, right? So, I guess my question is um, with respect to profiles, um, are there others? On the horizon, or is that going to kind of be the the set, you know, going forward? Or are there some other uh, uh, aspects to it? And I, I do want to talk to you about smart TVs, but I don't know if it, you know, where, where that fits in there. But maybe just talk about the profile side. Yeah. So, so we've got three main profiles: RDK video, RDK broadband, and RDK camera. And those are the profiles that we're, um, you know, I think we'll we'll see in the years to come. Um, probably as we'll talk in a little bit, you can take those profiles and pl- apply them to different types of devices. But I don't think to me that's not a new profile. It's just a really extension of what we've we've got. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, it's we're, we're a you know I say community driven organization, meaning that that community members that use the use the code base might invent something new that other communities members would want. And our job is really to take it and run it as an open source community, which you know I think. Uh, we're doing quite well. So it's really, it's it's kind of a stay tuned. Um, if, if someone does uh, contribute a new profile, uh, I think you mentioned, you know, things like IoT, if it becomes its own profile, that's that, that's fine. We'll take it and manage it. But it's uh, one of those things that we're just uh, working with community members to see which ones, you know, they want to contribute back and, and okay. manage in an open way. All right, great. And then I wanted to maybe zero in a little bit on what's going on with uh, Connected TVs, smart TVs, right? Um, and the reason I bring it up here is, you know, like uh, RDK adopter, like Comcast and and Foxum is they're they're out there with uh, trying to figure out you know ways to, for smart TV to kind of fit into the the RDK uh, framework. So from the RDK management standpoint, how do you view smart TV? Is it something semi on its own is a part of just simply part of rdkv you know, is there any special activity beyond that that that's going on that that's kind of focused on uh the connected tv 
you know, device. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, from, from my perspective, um, RDKV can, uh, can fit any sort of device with a screen. So it, it, it could okay. be a set-top box connected to a screen or it could be a screen itself, which, you know, in, in theory would have a set-top box in there. So uh, in, in my mind, it's, it's, it's designed to work in a variety of different, different fashions. But yes, there, there have been announcements of people that have taken RDKV and applied it to the, to the smart TV space. You mentioned Foxum. That's a, that's a great example. Um, you know, fundamentally, anyone else could do that. Um, operator, we've seen operators take it and, and apply it into their own smart TV programs. And so, um, you know, from my perspective, I, I, I think it's great. It makes makes a lot of sense. I think RDKV fills, you know, 90 to 95 percent of what the functionality you need for that, because it's, you know, largely it's the same types of functions in terms of processing, displaying video that, that, that RDKV is is custom to, to doing. So. Um, you know, ultimately it's really, um, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a bit of an open source toolkit and everyone can apply it. And I think it's, you know, another, uh, testament to people taking RDK and, uh, video and extending it to new, new ways of using it. Right. And then, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the, the RDK activity tends to focus on, uh, devices that are distributed by the service operator, you know, such as a, a telco or a cable operator and so forth. Uh, you know, the TV thing uh, could be a little bit different because of that, that retail aspect to it, the possibility, you know, maybe something that's sold at retail or maybe an operator distributes it. We've heard about the operator TV idea. So um, I guess the, as far as the, where you're concerned though, is um, uh, you know, Retail, I mean, I guess, number one, do you, do you agree with that? Is it more service provider oriented? And, you know, is there an opportunity on the retail side for RDK, you know, maybe greater than what we've seen so far? Yeah. So for our core operations for RDK management and how we manage it, we are 100% service provider focused. So okay. the, the tagline is by operators for operators. We really want to develop a solution that that any sort of operator can use to deploy and, and manage their, their CPE and, and, and networks. Um, that being said, um, you know, as we mentioned in the Foxum example, that doesn't preclude anyone from taking the software and taking it into the resale segment if they like. And that's okay. absolutely okay with us. So well, it's not a barrier. It's just, not, no, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, but you know, our, our core operations, we're, we're 100% focused on, on what we can do to help the operator um, evolve their core services and, and evolve in this kind of new, new competitive marketplace out there with especially the IP streaming and video, you know, how, how do you evolve your operations and how do you evolve your software stacks to kind of meet those, uh, meet the customer needs? That's, that's right. it for us. Yeah. And you brought up uh, competition, which fits in perfectly where I was thinking next. And that is um, on the operator side, right? Um, we do, we do see some adoption out there for Android TV with the op operator tier and so forth, but um, you know, and, and they're gaining adoption just like you're gaining adoption with, with the operators you're working with. But from RDK's perspective, uh, what do you view as the bigger, your biggest selling point or differentiator when you take a look at, uh, you know, the other options, the competitors that, that are out on the market? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, operators have alternatives in the marketplace and it's up to them to choose what fits their business model. So that's 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 number one. Um, you know, from our standpoint, we're open source. And so it, it, we don't really compete with commercial software in, in a traditional sense. Um, you know, again, okay. we're, 
or a consortium. We, we, you know, the, the buy operator, operator, buy operator, poor operator mantra is really what, what drives us. Um, you know, for, for us, it's really looking at, um, you know, companies, operators with custom Linux stacks that may have been doing their own proprietary development on these stacks and say, and, and us coming along saying, look, um, why, why don't you take a lot of that development and just use RDK? And we, and, you know, it, do, you, do you really differentiate services based on your Bluetooth stack? Does it really, I mean, do your customers really call you and say, that's an amazing Bluetooth stack you have? <laughs> like, just, I know where to go for the Bluetooth stack, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's it like, doesn't work that way, right? Exactly. Okay. So, so why, why are you spending all these development cycles trying to mm -hmm. develop the better Bluetooth stack when yeah. you can take what we have and then repurpose your people and your resources to developing a better customer experience? And, and that's really how mm -hmm. we differentiate. We say, look, develop efficiencies at the kind of the RDK operating system level. And then you can then repurpose to say, how do I develop a better, you know, better experience, better services, better differentiation in the marketplace. And, and at the end, that's, that's kind of how we differentiate. And then yeah. through the whole process, usually those that develop their own Linux stacks are doing it so they can control everything, um, control the end-to-end -end stack, which I understand. And that's, that's kind of something we, we offer the same thing. It's open source. You're just relying on a community development model uh, to make uh, part of your stack, but it's still open source. It's still your stack, and it's your customer, and it's your devices. So um, we, we still kind of maintain that that element of control for the operator, um, you know, in the in the in the market. And again, I think the other thing I'll say is, as I alluded to before, operators have different ways they can interact with RDK. So if, if you know if you have an operator that that really likes to get their hands dirty and get into the stack itself, they can. Absolutely still do that all day long with us. No, no big deal. Um, but you might also be an operator that just wants to take a, you know, something that's been pre-integrated and we have a, a solution for that too. So, um, so anyway, that's, that's how I would paint how we kind of go out to the marketplace. Yeah. And I imagine that, uh, you know, scale plays into that too, right? In terms of, you know, uh, resonating in the market, whether it's, you know, the number of devices or number of, uh, Silicon providers and uh, vendors and, and, you know, and, and, and kind of a, if you have somebody who's kind of doing yeah. more of a proprietary Linux stack, it's like, well, okay, you can also take advantage of, you know, a lot of work, you know, kind of being done outside of that bubble, it sounds like. Yeah. No, it's that, that's, yeah. a, that's a really good point. That is exactly yeah. it. Um, as, you know, as, as things like, this, a lot of the streaming apps and streaming services and, and specific applications, um, a lot of them want a common stack to integrate to. They, you know, a lot of these companies don't like to do multiple integrations of the same application all across these different stacks. And mm -hmm. uh, our standpoint, the scale really, really helps that argument. So you can do it once, publish it in open source, and people get advantage of it. It's, you know, again, uh, just like I said, no one differentiates based on, on, on a Bluetooth stack. Uh, no one, no one also differentiates on the same app that's been integrated in a different, unique way. It's you know, it's um, mm -hmm. it, it's all very standardized. So anything we can do to help standardize and add scale, then um, that's that's really where we we um, you know where we shine. Okay, and I do want to talk a little bit more about the the scale, but also like the diversity of the uh, the markets um, for RDK. Yeah. Right, obviously we know it started out very cable, very cable industry focus with with the the partners in the the original uh joint venture but um you know every year when you put out you know a new 
update on the stats. This goes back a few years, but I remember there was the uh, the desire to expand into maybe beyond traditional cable operators into uh, telcos, and then you know the the announcement that in your latest announcement that one of the things that caught my eye was the uh, exploration of an implementation of RDK in five G fixed wireless gateways, right? Uh, that's, that's a part of the market that uh, has been heating up. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know, kind of maybe just a general thought on, on the uh, momentum, you know, you're having outside of the traditional cable arena and then also what's, what's been driving uh, that. And especially with the, the, uh, the fixed wireless side, what, what, yeah. what, uh, what kind of pers- uh, drove you in that direction? Yeah, so no, it's, it's a good question. So, um, so I, I look at the at the broadband marketplace, and, and RDK is obviously, like, like you, as you said, has has come from cable roots, but we've obviously expanded way beyond that. And mm-hmm. so, if you look at at the broadband service providers, I mean, the one I always I talk about is, is Deutsche Telekom, who made their plans very very public about what they're doing with RDK. Um, if you look at what what they said, um, it was really about creating. One, you know, having one software platform across all of their broadband gateways. But the underpinning to that is their their broadband network, and, and this is not unique to them. A lot of the large providers will have a um, a mixed access network. So some will come from DSL going to fiber, some co- go from DOCSIS to fiber, and some are now experimenting with experimenting with five G. And underlying all of that, um, you know, in, in in the past, you would have different CPE providers with different software stacks. And at, at the time, it really wasn't as big of a deal because you could just you know throw the, put the router out there, let it let it light up, and, and, and let it go. But as as we become more competitive, especially in the broadband environment, especially with the in, in introduction of five G, but in fiber services, if you go to certain markets, you've got a lot of you may have multiple fiber providers on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same, at, at some point, from the consumer's angle, you're going to look at it and go, okay, why is your one one gigabit? Per second better than your one per second to the two different providers and so at that point that's where you get to the area of differentiation and that's where you need um you need common software stacks and you need services on top of those to after to to differentiate your services uh to to the end customer so whether it's providing them control over their services uh you know parental controls wi-fi control you know different ways to manage your your offering uh, all of that is just the, the same way of saying a differentiated kind of experience for broadband. And I think um, as you get more and more com- competition and more competitive in the broadband segment all throughout the world, the the, the problem set that, that DT laid out is having that common software stack makes it much easier when you develop one service for one type of gateway, you can easily port it to your other gateways because you're using the same software platform. Regardless of the access network? That's, or, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. I, so I think that's that's what's driving a lot of our you know diversification of different access types on broadband. Uh, it, it's also driving broadband uh, RDKB adoption in general uh, because I think more and more service providers are taking a look, saying, "Look, it's 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 really difficult to do you know a uh, a mesh integration on one of my set of, sets of devices. Now I have to report that on a next set of devices." And then, by the way, that that mesh provider has just upgraded the software stack, so we have to then go do these reports over and over and over again. It gets a bit maddening. So once you start seeing that pain point, that's when you start looking and saying, you know, maybe RDK is a great solution here to help simplify. 
Yeah, create commonality, you know, across that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, let's see. The now the last thing, right? Because I wanted to ask, um, uh, you know, one final question for you, and it relates to getting the you know companies and suppliers involved with there. So uh, with the organization or, or the, uh, the open source aspect of it. So last thing, how, how can companies get involved? I mean, I understand there's different levels of engagement. So uh, maybe explain that and how listeners here can, can get more info. Yeah. Yeah. So, so first of all, we run RDK as an open source community. So the code is all, all always open source and, and free to use. Um, so that, that's, that's a base layer. But we, we run it, um, the community, very much like any sort of open source community. So, um, so although the code is free, if you want, you know, if you need additional technical support, help, uh, training, um, anything like that, uh, we, we have support programs in place um, that um, essentially scale based on size. So if you're a small company, it's, 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 it's a little bit less, large company, but a little more. But it's, it's there basically to get broad engagement, regardless what size your company you're on, you are. And so, you know, again, it's a very uh, open source-ish type model. So um, if, you, if you'd like to help, we, we've got a great knowledge base of engineers here at RDK Management to help you kind of kind of get you through the process or answer questions or uh, consult in any way you want to do it. So um, and then, you know, I think back to your, um, your your original question, too, how do you how do you get involved? It's really um, rdkcentral.com. You go there and, and it's uh, it's a great way to kind of uh, get started from uh, a, a number of different aspects of any information you need on RDK. All right. That's the door in. OK, well, thanks, Jason. Uh, very helpful for sure. And I think that that's where we're going to leave it for today. But uh, Jason, thanks for being on the podcast. It was great to, to have you on. Yeah, Jeff, really happy to be here. Thanks again. All right. You bet. All right. Thanks. Thanks.